You're listening to Team Talk on ESPN Radio, 1017, The Team. Joe O'Neill, Sam Hauser, of course, the breaking news is the general Bobby Knight has passed away in Bloomington, uh, Indiana. So um, we'll get more on that uh, as we get further into the show. But as planned, uh, we're going to Las Vegas. Tyler Bischoff with ESPN Radio uh, Las Vegas. What's the first thing that came to your mind, Tyler, when you heard uh, earlier today, or I don't know when you found out, but uh, Josh McDaniels was fired as the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders? Yeah, the first thing was, why is this happening at 10.30 at night and not earlier in the day? Also, why is it happening on Halloween and maybe, you know, a different day of the calendar year? But Josh McDaniels, the, the weird part about it is that it makes a lot of sense to fire him because I can't think of a reason or an accomplishment to really point to and say, hey, Josh McDaniels, did this, or Josh McDaniels uh, has something going right because there's no accomplishment for him as a head coach since he's been with the Raiders, short time period, but they didn't draft well. Their free agency signings have not been very good, not good as the front office side of this. And then on the field, uh, nine wins in a season and a half, not very good, especially when you inherit a 10-win team. And then more specifically, He's supposed to be the offensive guru. He's the one calling the plays on offense. And that's the side of the ball where they've been atrocious. They've, they've topped 20 points one time this season, and it was thanks to a safety. Monday night they scored 14 because they had a pick six. It's amazing how bad the offense has been. And so when you look at it, I, I didn't know what there was to look to and say, yep, this is, this is going well. And then you look back, if you remember last year, they, he lost to Jeff Saturday. Jeff mm-hmm. Saturday won one game as the head coach of the Colts. It was against Josh McDaniels. He also lost to Baker Mayfield, the Rams quarterback, about 72 hours after Baker Mayfield got the playbook. The Raiders lost that game last year, and then this year they lose to Tyson Bajan. I don't know if Tyson Bajan's ever going to beat another NFL team as a starting quarterback and then have a pretty much an offensive debacle against Detroit. There have been a lot of embarrassing losses for a season and a half. It's the middle of the season. This isn't necessarily going to save the season, but it made a lot of sense to fire Josh McDaniels because there wasn't a lot to point to as to what went well in the past or what could be going well in the near future. Yeah, Tyler, I still have such vivid memories of watching Kyler Murray run about 30, 40 yards to go get a two-point conversion in in a game in uh, early on last year, and that kind of set the tone, like you said, with Jeff Saturday and everything else. So with all of that and everything that went down last year, you know, you go out and you get uh, Michael Mayer, the tight end in the draft, maybe to try to replace Darren Waller, but there's still a lot going on off the field. What was a realistic expectation as far as how this year would go? One and two, what would be different from last year with, when it came to Josh McDaniels? Yeah, the weird thing the Raiders did is they got Jimmy Garoppolo, which is the quarterback you want if your team is close to perfect, like when he was with the 49ers, but if your team like the Raiders aren't really close to perfect, Garoppolo's too good to tank, but not good enough to actually make the playoffs. And so that was really the weird signing of the entire uh, Josh McDaniels era, right? Moving on from Derek Carr was fine if you're going to get Aaron Rodgers or you're going to get Tom Brady out of retirement or go the complete opposite way and draft a quarterback and see if a rookie's any good and, and maybe you have a couple of down seasons to get high draft picks. 
But instead, they it's like the goal for McDaniels was to win seven games, miss the playoffs, and pick 10th in the draft, which is the worst place to be. But that's what the roster building felt like. They didn't really commit to a full rebuild, but they also weren't good enough to make the playoffs. So, I mean, the expectations coming in were similar to what they did last year. Six wins, seven wins. You've got a decent quarterback in Derek Carr and then Jimmy Garoppolo. It didn't feel like a whole lot was going to be different from last year. They were just re-rolling the same dice, hoping that they came up lucky this year. And eight games in, they haven't been very lucky. Well, one team that has been uh, off to a great start this year uh, are your UNLV uh, Rebel football team. Had won five in a row before uh, losing just a, a, a game that went down to the wire at Fresno on Saturday. They're coming here on Saturday to face our Lobos, um, Tyler. What's been the biggest difference? I mean, I, I know obviously coaching helps, but from your vantage point, like what 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 makes this team look different than the UNLV teams we've seen for the last decade or so? This is the best defense UNLV has had since I've been in Vegas for a decade, and since I don't I don't know Harvey Hyde was here in the eighties. Like this is a legitimately good UNLV defense. They're top four in the conference in scoring defense. They've had a good run defense throughout the entirety of the season. They actually pressure the quarterback. That's something that UNLV hasn't done a whole lot of. They actually get to the quarterback. It's it's just a competent defense. They just always they've always been the defense that allows thirty four, thirty five points per game in a season, and they're eleventh or twelfth in the conference in scoring defense. And this year they're they're good on that side of the ball. They've been really good running the ball. Jaden Maeva has come in for an injured Doug Brumfield and has been good enough that a healthy Doug Brumfield can't win his job back. And all of that's combined to them. I mean, they're bowl eligible before Halloween. Like, UNLV is yeah. never bowl eligible, period. They did it before Halloween, which is incredible. But it's really them having a competent defense is the biggest difference this team could have possibly had because that's always been thrown. We've actually seen some good UNLV offensive teams over the last 10 years, but they've never been good on the defensive side of the ball. And this year, they're pretty good. They don't have to score 40 points to win a game. They can win a game with 24 points and... They've been able to do that a few times this season. So, what like what is the configuration um, at home? Uh, you know, there I know they had as many as twenty eight hundred or twenty eight thousand for a home game earlier. Uh, did, is there any vibe that that there might you know creep towards thirty five thousand, forty thousand for a home UNLV football game? I don't know if they'll get that high. There's certainly a, a lot more optimism around this team, and there should be. But it's just the problem that I think UNLV is going to run into a lot over the next five to ten years is being an eight-win Mountain West team isn't that big of a deal. Like, in this city, we've now got the NFL. Josh McDaniels just got fired. That's the biggest news story of the year. You know, the Golden Knights won the Stanley Cup. Like, it's just going to take a lot for people to go from, uh, yeah, UNLV football, we know about them, to I want to go watch them play because ultimately how many people are excited, even if UNLV is an 8-3 and three team, to go watch them play New Mexico, to go watch them play Fresno State. They're just not big marquee games. So it's, it's good. It'll probably get better if they do finish with eight wins this season and next year get off to a good start. But it's just hard to envision them hitting, you know, a 
40,000 attendance mark. It's hard for them to envision breaking in like that just because there's a lot more sports now in this town and playing, you know, New Mexico isn't that big of a deal here. All right. Well, kind of a big deal around here that New Mexico is playing UNLV and uh, appreciate you joining us to give us the, the down low on what's going on with the Raiders and UNLV. Tyler, thank you very, very much for joining us here on ESPN Radio in Albuquerque because Tyler's with ESPN Radio in Las Vegas.